Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome everybody out there in Real Presence Radio Land for today's installment of Real Presence Live. My name is Jack Canelli, and I will be your host along with, we have a new uh, a, a new co-host today. My wife, Doreen, is uh, uh, substitute teaching today at kindergarten at the Holy Spirit School, so uh, she was not able to make it today. But we have Ken Cottrell with us, who's a new guy. Uh, he's uh, new to, well, he's listened to uh, Ka- uh, Real Presence Radio, but uh, now we've got him behind the microphone. Welcome, Ken. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad lo- to be here. Yeah, we're we're happy to have you, and we're looking forward to uh, breaking you in today behind the microphone. We also have uh, we've got a new guy, Aaron Bosch, is our technical guy today, and uh, we're breaking him in. So we've decided that if there's any technical difficulties, we'll just blame him. And so you and, and I, you and I, are off the hook as far as the technical stuff is concerned. But uh, if we say anything stupid, I guess we've got to take uh, the blame for that at least. But uh, we don't do that sort of thing. But uh, anyway, let's get on. It's a beautiful day in Fargo, just cold. But I guess uh, that's nothing new for us up here and uh, probably most of our listening audience. So we hope wherever you are, you're staying warm and that the sun is out and at least you're soaking up a little bit of vitamin D. And so let's um, let's start out with uh, a prayer. And I've got one here that I like. It's a song. It's a prayer of praise. And those are usually kind of difficult ones for me. It's called the Te Deum. So let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are God, we praise you. You are the Lord, we acclaim you. You are the Eternal Father, all creation worships you. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the Holy Church acclaims you, Father of majesty unbounded, your true and only Son, worthy of all worship, and the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. You, Christ, are the King of glory, the eternal Son of the Father. When you became man to set us free, you did not spurn the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You are seated at God's right hand in glory. We believe that you will come and be our judge. Come then, Lord, and help your people brought with the price of your own blood and bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Amen. St. John Bosco, pray for us. Okay, now we can start our program, but Ken, I'd like you to introduce yourself to our listening audience a little bit, give them a little bit of an idea of who you are. Yeah, well, uh, my wife April and I, we, uh, and by the way, you'll be hearing uh, from her later. Oh, in, that was going to be our big surprise for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll just leave it at that then. Uh, but uh, April and I, we uh, 
moved uh, almost six years ago to Fargo, and uh, that was after living in Asia for 10 years. And uh, as, as I grew up in California and my wife uh, is from Texas, uh, we sometimes feel that we're on another overseas assignment in the, the country of North Dakota. Uh, but uh, we, we absolutely love it here, and the, the biggest part of us loving it, uh, without a doubt, is, is the Catholic community. Uh, uh, our friends, the relationships we've developed, and it's uh, it's really like the, the old adage that what you put into something, uh, you receive back in, in spades. So uh, we're thrilled to be here uh, in Fargo, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, I'm personally glad to uh, to be participating in uh, Real Presence Radio. Well, great. We're we're glad. I'm glad to have you here because I need someone to help me fill the air a little bit. <laughs> With Dreen not here, it's uh, it would be difficult. But so thanks for agreeing to sit in. You, you can tell kind of Ken, you can't see this for our listeners. Ken is, and you've been here six years, but apparently the weather still hasn't caught up with you because you're wearing your you're still wearing your jacket and you've got your 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 collar zippered up around your neck and you you look like you're kind of cold. Right, I'm still thawing out. From, right, uh, well. The, the 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 old saying that I learned is there is no such thing as bad weather, just wrong clothes. <laughs> so don't don't you know remember that. But I can see where you could think that this is kind of a different uh, country up here. It's, you know, I mean we are, at least in the Red River Valley, a hotbed of Scandinavianism, and so uh, you know the the language is a little bit different. Maybe not as bad as the movie Fargo would lead you to believe, at least. But still, there's a little bit of the you bet, sort of thing, but Ufta, yeah. Well, that too, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and I guess maybe that's a good lead-in for our, our our next guest, Bob Noel, who is from Minnesota, where the snooze flies thicker than the snow, as the song goes. And uh, Bob is here to. Uh, well, Bob, why don't you? You're no stranger to Real Presence Radio or Real Presence Live in particular. I know you've been on several times. That. Uh, why are you here today? And tell us a little bit, give, give our listeners a little background about yourself, too. Yeah, so I am the formator for discipleship in the Diocese of Crookston. I work in the Office of Formation with uh, a team that focuses on um, youth ministry, adult ministry, uh, Eucharistic revival, pro-life ministry, all kinds. Of, we, we have a, a, a pretty big umbrella to our ministry oh. That yeah. the Eucharistic revival is a big thing with you now with Bishop Cousins, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah. I've never been so excited about an initiative. Yeah, because uh, isn't he the leader uh, yeah. for the that whole effort through the Catholic Bishops Conference? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's exciting. Um, there's a lot of not to tangent, but there's a lot of exciting things that are going to be coming up with the Eucharistic revival in the next. Uh, I'd say in the next even few months, some major announcements. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'm sure we'll probably have you on the show sure. again to tell <laughs> us about it, or maybe we can get Bishop Cousins himself to, yeah. to talk about it as well. Yeah, better him. <laughs> He's, well, we'll get both of you. How's that? We'll get two for one. Yeah, So, and uh, I live in Moorhead um, with my wife, Kim. I have four children, and um, just excited to be here today. I was asked a couple weeks ago if I would be able to come in and uh, there was an article in our diocesan newspaper, the our Northland Diocese, about a program and, uh, that I have with our youth that is uh, dedicated to Blessed Stanley Rother, a uh, priest from Okarchi, Oklahoma, who was martyred for the faith in the year 1981. Okay, well, this is not a name that 
most of us have ever heard before. So this will be good information for us. Yeah. No, he's quite a... He's, um, I always think with saints, the saints have always seemed to find me um, versus like, I don't necessarily go out looking for, <laughs> well, I do that sometimes too, but uh, he's one of those saints that uh, has found me. And um, it was kind of by accident. Uh, it was probably 12 years ago, I was traveling to Guatemala for the first time on a mission, a short-term mission. And I was... Uh, at the time, and they still do, uh, the New Alm Diocese has a mission in San, San Lucas Toliman, which is right uh, nestled along Lake Atitlan, which is uh, this big, big beautiful, beautiful volcanic lake in um, the, almost like the central part, the highlands of Guatemala. And so I was traveling there uh, for a week with youth and we took a, a trip across the lake to this place called Santiago de Atitlan. And it was there that I learned about this uh, young priest from Ocarchi, Oklahoma, like I said, and who um, found his way down to Guatemala in the late 60s and spent the decade of the 70s there and uh, set up just an incredible, I shouldn't say set up because their diocese already had a mission there. But he, uh, what he did as a shepherd, as a pastor there, was just incredible in his 13 years there. What, what drew him there in the first instance? I mean, was he in an order that was uh, of missionaries? or It's quite a story. He, so he, he felt called to be a priest in high school. And he, was, he came from a farm family, of um, an Oklahoma farm family. And, and anyway, Father Stan, uh, or Stan Rother at the time, felt called to the priesthood, and he went to seminary, and he flunked out of seminary because he couldn't learn Latin, and he tried again, and the Latin just kept getting him, and uh, finally his bishop was able, he, he had went back to farming for a short stint, and he, then he approaches bishop and said, I, Bishop, I, I just still feel called to the priesthood. And so the bishop found him a seminary. He went up to Mount St. Mary's and um, graduated, became a priest, uh, and ended up back in the Oklahoma in city diocese where he's from. And I think he was five years in diocesan ministry. And this was a time like the late 60s where we were sending, um, each diocese was sending a priest or a few priests to Latin America uh, as mission priests, this, I know, like here would have been Father Jack. I Davis. was just thinking, yeah. I'm seeing parallels with Father Jack Davis because it was about that same time. Yeah, and like New Alm Diocese was Father Greg Schaefer right around the same time, and and so he um, was asked by the bishop to to go serve there, and and he accepted, and um, the rest is history. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Well, now you get to tell us some more of that history. Yeah, no. So Father Father Rother ended up. Um, it's the, the, the I love the story about how he got there um, because he he and his bishop were going to fly in to Guatemala City and then drive up, and his bishop couldn't go, and so he decided to take that opportunity to take his red and white Ford Bronco and pull a rock picker all the way from Oklahoma through Mexico, uh, all the way down to 
Um, it was like a four-day trip down to Santiago de Atitlan, and they talk about how, um, well, if you once you get into Guatemala, um, I think there's more, in some roads, there's more potholes and <laughs> then there are vol- volcanoes down there it's a land of beautiful <laughs> volcanoes but uh and i know the roads that he would have been traveling on and they talk about the last 10 miles of his journey just so full of potholes and at one point uh, he hit a pothole and it just ripped the muffler right off of his bronco and and so here he pulls into santiago de atitlan in his bronco pulling a rock picker you can imagine people yeah. <laughs> like, and then this tall gangly bearded uh sandy-haired priest from oklahoma steps out and um and i just i, I love that scene i love uh, or imagining what that scene was like as he uh drove in with this rock picker and got out of his bronco and uh the mayan people the who he was serving then would have met him for the first time in that in that uh moment so I suppose he had a lot of explaining to do on the way down there as to what that thing is that he's got <laughs> trailing from his yeah. car. Well, it's so cool because, you know, he um, he would have, if you can imagine Father Rother, and I know Father Mike Schmitz does a really cool reflection on this. Uh, he had given a, a hom, one of his homilies dedicated to Father Rother, and, and he talked about how, you know, if you can imagine this man who had just, like, flunked out of, seminary because he couldn't learn latin sitting in the tractor <laughs> scratching his head wondering god like i don't get it you've you've put this call on my heart for the priesthood and I, I can't learn latin i can't you know see this through and here he is farming and um one of the greatest impacts he made in the community there was uh when he got there he he was uh able to improve the farming methods um, in the community there. And so... Now, was he ordained when he went down there? Yep, he had been okay. ordained for five years. Oh, okay, he's sort of, that's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and Father Mike talks about how, you know, God doesn't waste any time with us. So here he would have been sitting in the tractor thinking, what, what's the deal, God, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I want to be a priest. But God needed to make him a farmer before he made him a priest because that was going to be such a big part of his ministry in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we're talking with uh, Bob Noel from the Diocese of Crookston about uh, uh, Blessed Father Stanley Rother and and, uh, a missionary in Guatemala. And uh, we've got a break coming up right now, but uh, we stay with us and we'll have uh, more of the story from Bob. And we look forward to continuing it. With you, our listeners, thank you for being with us today, and uh, back after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. We appreciate all the support our eye care clinic has received over the past year. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, vision therapy services, contact lenses, and glasses. Lumen Vision is located across the street from Saints Anne and Joachim Parish in South Fargo. We accept a variety of vision and medical insurance plans. To schedule an appointment online, our website is www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. 
Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere on Alexa-enabled devices. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Luke 5, Jesus invites Peter, weary from a night of fruitless fishing, back out onto the Sea of Galilee to cast his nets one more time and trust Jesus for the results. To cast into the deep is to let go of our own opinions, desires, and the way things or people should be. To cast into the deep, even where we have already fished with no results, is to let go of independence, autonomy, and self-determination. The sooner we realize that our beloved is holding us in his hands, the sooner we can get about the business of doing our Father's will, the sooner we will become disciples. Proverbs sums up this great secret lesson learned by the saints. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Let go and trust the Lord to direct your activities and your life. He knows what He's doing. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Okay, back again with more of Real Presence Live. My name is Jack Canelli, and with me is my co-host... Ken Cottrell. Ken Cottrell, and we're talking to Bob Noel about Blessed Father Stanley Rother who was from uh, Oklahoma, but he uh, was a missionary in uh, Guatemala. And uh, Bob, why don't you just kind of start up with his his mission and his ministry? You know, what was he doing down there, and how did he become blessed? Yeah, so when he got to Guatemala, when when the Diocese um, of Oklahoma City set up this mission, they had been without a priest for 100 years. So if you can imagine, um, he talks about the just the the thirst for um, the Eucharist, you know, that the people had. And so he was, I believe when he arrived there, he was one of six priests and they had six other diocesan uh, workers at this mission. And they talk about how he was doing like a thousand baptisms a year. And uh, so there was just a real hunger among the people. And, he got right to work. He rolled his sleeves up and uh, some of the things that he did in that. So think of 13 years of ministry. Now here's a guy who flunked out of Latin, but he was able to learn their native Mayan language, which was the the main language used there, which is, I believe it's called Xutuchil. And um, he learned that language. He learned Spanish and he translated the gospels into the Mayan language. And so, like, this guy who, I, I just love that, you know. Here he is, he couldn't learn Latin, but he goes down and, and is able to, to learn a, a really difficult Mayan local language and translate the Gospels. God, the, yeah. God has a sense of humor. Isn't that so? At least a sense of <laughs> irony, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and um, while he was there, he started a Catholic radio station. Uh, he started a, um, a school, got clinic. He just really 
helped transform that community. And, and one of the biggest contributions he made was he just, he knew that, you know, people's livelihoods depended on how they farmed. And so he was able to uh, farm with the people and uh, really improve, you know, their efficiency um, for the, the local farmers. So yeah, he just made an incredible impact in just over a decade there. Um, the bad luck <laughs> was that at the time in the 80s, Guatemala's right in, broiled in a civil war. And so you had um, this rebel guerrilla movement that was um, challenging the government that was really militarized. And what happened was the, the poor and the Catholic Church and other denominations often got um, just caught right in the middle of that. And Blessed Stanley, so Father Rother, he um, he was also the type of person that wasn't going to just cower. He had, the, the man was a man of courage. And so uh, when the military moved into that area, you know, they'd have these public meetings and they would talk about um, they were there to protect the people. And, and Father Rother would be like, well, if you're here to protect the people, why do my people keep disappearing and he even witnessed, um, he witnessed people being taken right out of his church and disappeared, you know, and all you had to do at the time was be accused. And the military was, uh, the government was just so, um, I don't know what the word is. It was just kind of like black and white. Oh, so-and-so is accused as being, you know, sympathizing with the rebels and people would get disappeared and killed. He even had a deacon just taken uh, they talk about taking right out of church and, and Father Stan like followed them out and, you know, pleading for this guy mm-hmm. and they threw him in a vehicle and, um, and he turned out just inc- beaten and killed uh, on a roadside. It was just a really awful time in Guatemala's history. Right. And, and, and here you have this priest and these people that are kind of caught between these yep. two fighting factions. Mm-hmm. You know, the government isn't really necessarily protecting them and is probably, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps corrupt as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have the guerrillas who uh, get upset with the people in the church because they're trying to uplift the people mm-hmm. and rather than keeping them in poverty, which would be make them more inclined to rise up as in part of the guerrilla effort. Yeah, you know, yeah and we saw this all over Latin America. Yeah, I know, know Father Jack Davis, we mentioned him earlier yeah. when he was in Peru. Yeah. the same kind of thing. He had to leave town for a while because I think it was the Shining Path had yep. a, he had a bounty on his head, I think. Or yeah. Or, Coincidentally, or, I was with Father Jack when that happened mm-hmm. in Peru. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I kind of experienced yeah. the, the brunt yeah. of that. Um, that was a long time ago. but <laughs> Right. Yeah. But yeah. this kind of seemed to be a kind of a consistent yeah. type of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, tactic. Yep. You know, at, yeah. at the time. So anyway, so he's he's caught between the government. You know, he's kind of challenging the government mm-hmm. to do your job, mm-hmm. and then he's also got the uh, the guerrillas who are kind of not favorable towards him because he's helping right. the people. Yep, yep. So yeah, so he was evil able to to speak truth to power, and um, not get embroiled in the politics. Uh, always be just a voice for his people, <laughs> for the poor. And um, his friend was Father Greg Schaefer uh, from the New Elm Diocese. And I had the opportunity that Father Greg was up uh, in Fargo-Moorhead for a while. He stayed with my wife and I, and 
just to sit and have him tell me stories about Father Stan mm. and what it was like at the time. Um, you know, the they had a real strong catechist movement, and so they had, you know, to, to be able to evangelize the people. But a lot of times, um, those catechists were accused of mm-hmm. spreading, you know, the communist propaganda. And so mm-hmm. Father Greg talks about as well, just losing some really amazing catechists who were just accused Mm -hmm. and then disappeared. Mm -hmm. So Father Stan ended up going back to um, Oklahoma because things were getting really dicey. And and so this would have been in 1980. He came back for a few months. The bishop had called him back. And his parents talk about how he would just kind of like stand in the picture window of his farmhouse and just kind of look out Mm -hmm. into the distance. And they knew that his heart and his mind sure. were with his people. And he had, you know, had made the, in fact, there's a book written about him, The Shepherd Who Didn't Run. And uh, that, that was his line was like, the, he told his bishop, like, a, sh- a shepherd can't run at the first sign of danger. And, and so the bishop agreed to let him go back to Guatemala. And he knew when he went back that he would likely be killed because his name had appeared on a death list. Mm-hmm. And so when he got back to um, to Guatemala, uh, he came, he told the people, he said, I'm going to be back by Holy Week. And he, he did. He got back during Holy Week, uh, celebrated Holy Week with the people. And then a few months later, um, three men came to his house. It was about midnight. And uh, there was this young boy that they had put a gun to his head and said, where's Father Stan? And the boy showed him the way in. And Father Stan had told his dad before he left, he said, if they come for me, he said, I'm not, I'm not going to let them take me. He said, I've seen what they do to people mm-hmm. when they kidnap them. And so um, this boy basically said, Father Stan, they're here for you. Father Stan ended up uh, in, he was in his quarters. These men broke in, tried to kidnap him, and Father Stan just put up a fight and... Um, and told him, he said, you're not taking me. You're going to have to kill me here. And that's what they did. They shot him, shot him in the head and, uh, and then left. And I think, you know, just even by doing that, you know, Father Stan probably saved the lives of other people at the mission uh, because he put up such a, a, a fight with these guys. Did, did they ever uh, find the uh, no. perpetrators? They've I... never found them. No. Yeah. Um, when they they came to to share with his parents uh, that that he had you know been killed, the, the first thing his dad they talk about his dad being farming at the time, and and that was the first question he asked was, um, I can't I'm paraphrasing, but did did he put up a fight? <laughs> yeah, because he knew that his son um, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna get uh, mm-hmm. kidnapped. So. So now, you know, it's been a number of years. What's kind of like his legacy now in Guatemala? Well, uh, you know, so the first time I was there, the first thing that I noticed before I even knew about him, uh, I went to his church and um, the devotion of the people was so profound. And I just remember that was my first impression being at Santiago was like, whoa, there is an incredible devotion here. It's something just beautiful and then as i learned about him and you think of it like he came in he would have come in 1968 and 
prior to that, they had gone a hundred years without a priest serving. And so just since that time now, 1968 till 2020, you know, and I think the first time I was there was 2012. Um, I can't do the math. Anyway, 40 some years that this incredible devotion, you know, so the, the legacy is, uh, the faith of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still, uh, he's everything. You ask anyone about Father Stan, everyone knows about Father Stan uh, when you go to Santiago. Um, there's a beautiful shrine there. As you walk into the church, it's just off to the right. And when he was killed, um, the, the family wanted him buried in Oklahoma. And the people there pleaded, you know, mm-hmm. that his heart was here. And so the his heart is actually stayed in Guatemala at the shrine his body is buried in so is in Oklahoma he, is his cause for canonization is that being uh, uh, brought by uh, in Guatemala or you know through his diocese in in Oklahoma the, the diocese in Oklahoma is very well I, I think it's a twofold thing but it's yeah uh, he is I know they're in the process of building a huge shrine in Oklahoma mm-hmm. as well and um, I know I think it was 2016 that Pope Francis had named him a martyr mm-hmm. so he is our the first American born martyr for the faith really yeah okay well we've got about 30 seconds left but is there any can you tell any of our listeners where can they learn more about uh uh, uh, Blessed Stanley. I know you had mentioned his book. Why don't you? Yeah, well, there was a great book written a few years ago called The Shepherd Who Didn't Run uh, by Maria Ruiz Capelanda. And um, and I also, I know in the Diocese of Crookston, I, I have a youth program in Guatemala, a leadership program. And we have at crookston.org slash Padre Aplas, P-A-D-R-E-A-P-L-A-S. You can learn about our program that we've dedicated to him. Okay, great. We've been talking with Bob Noel from the uh, Diocese of Crookston about uh, Blessed Father Stanley Rother, and we'd certainly like to thank you, Bob, for coming in today, and uh, maybe we can have you come in another time to tell us a little bit more about how your program is going down there and uh, other things that are going on with the diocese and perhaps the the, the Eucharistic year as well with Bishop Cousin. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Okay. And now, let's see, uh, I think we're coming up on a break, are we not? And so stay with us. Uh, My name is Jack Kennelly, and with me is Ken Cottrell, and we're going to get him to say something, I think, within the next 15 minutes to to get you leaning forward in your chair, closer to your microphone. Do you have a joke? Maybe, you know, Doreen used to always tell jokes. Jack, you're just doing such an amazing job. I, I've been hanging on your every word. I know, it's, but I'm yeah. going to get accused of hogging the microphone when I get home by people that know me. Uh, is that anything new? Uh, hogging the microphone or just getting trouble with people Both. at home? Both. Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try to, you know, maybe with a special guest, I'll, I'll have something to say. Okay, before you put me in a worse light, though, let's go to our break. <laughs> Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 